All right, here we go with another podcast. This is Square Dance Callers Talking. Tonight, or today, actually, this is a morning podcast. I'm talking to Christy Williams and Chuck Woods. Uh, they're going to tell you a little bit about themselves. I met Christy a, a few years back, probably at the Tennessee State Convention. I can't remember where it was. And uh, I met Chuck not long ago. Uh, I think it was at a school. I was at, I'm was i not really sure, but we'll figure all that out when we start talking. So um, they have a, a good history in square dancing. And so I'm going to let them tell you where it all started from. So first of all, Christy, Chuck, how are y'all? Great. Great. How are you doing, Charlie? Very good. Very good. So what we're going to do, since I've got both of you right there on the same screen, um, when I throw stuff out or y'all want to talk about it, wherever y'all want to go with it, have at it. Um, you know, so when I say, hey, you know, I tell everybody, well, everybody I talk to, I'm like, hey, where are you from? Where did this start for you? So y'all can just bounce off each other, whatever you want to do. So we'll start with ladies first. Christy, where are you from? Where'd you get started? Where, where are you born and raised and where are you now? Well, I was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, and I traveled really, really far from home, and now I live in New Albany, Indiana, (laughs) (laughs) which is not the farthest I've lived from home. I actually, for about 13 years, lived in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, which is about 50 miles south of Louisville. Okay. So um, I moved to New Albany in June of 22 um, when Chuck and I moved in together. Okay. So, uh, Chuck and I have been together, what, about a year and a half now, I guess, right. a year or so, yeah. So, um, I've lived in Louisville most of my life, except for that 13-year stint. Okay. Um, what you, Chuck? <laughs> I'm also a, a native of, of Louisville, uh, but I did live in Texas for like 10 years. Okay. Uh, and I lived in California for three years. So return, but returned to Louisville in the mid '90s, and uh, I don't know. It's it's a great place to live. Moved to New Albany in June of last year, and we love it there. It's a little, little slower, a little calmer than than the big city life in Louisville. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I get you. We can watch it from afar. Yeah. <laughs> I spent uh, about a week or so in Louisville and uh, did all the tourist stuff with the baseball bats and went and saw a game and all that stuff. So and, and drank quite a bit of whiskey. But um, so I've spent a little time there, very little time. No, you drank bourbon. <laughs> or, or bourbon, yes. My, my brother asked me last night what the difference was, and I said, it's where it's made. So I should have known that before I spit it out. So um, for both of you, uh, Christy, I glanced at your uh, Facebook page a few minutes ago when I got to my brother's house, my son's house. Um, where did your square dancing start? I think it's at elementary school. Tell me about that. Oh, well, uh <laughs> When I was in third grade, I was asked to be part of our Maypole dance, okay. and we had a we had a May Day, and mm-hmm. we I'm sorry, it was fifth grade. Sorry, no, third grade. Uh, in third grade, we were asked, we were invited to be part of our May 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 Day, mm-hmm. and I had a uh, the teacher invited us to do square dancing. Now, I have no idea to this day what she. I'm assuming she was a dancer and. No, she was not a caller, just from what I know now. Uh, but she uh, had, a, there was just uh, eight of us, you know, you know, four boys, four girls. Right. Um, we all had our cootie shots because, you know, third graders don't want to touch each other at that age, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, she taught us a singing call. And it was, I remember this record to this day. I'm still singing in my head. It was Inky Pinky Farley Boot. 
<laughs> and we did, she put that on, she taught us the moves and we danced to it. And, uh, and then we learned a second one. I do not remember the second one. And on May day, we danced in the parking lot. She actually ended up with two squares wow. and the two squares danced together. And I fell in love with it. And then I, you know, that was it. It was over with. And mm -hmm. I just figured it was just some fluke I would never be able to do again. I went all the way through life into the time I was 17. I was working in a buffet. I was a cashier at, at a buffet. And they came in, the dancers came in, all dressed up in their frillies and were cashing in to come in. And I'd be like, and I would tell them how great they looked and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, best kept secret, guys, if you're out there and somebody compliments you on mm -hmm. anything, says anything, talk about it. Because if one of them had said, thank you, why don't you come to lessons? I'd have been there in a heartbeat because I, the people out there that want to be part of this think that it's something they can't be. Right. Uh, I had no idea. Absolutely no idea that I could be part of square dancing when I was 17 years old. I thought it was some complicated thing. You had to go through years of lessons and, you know, cause you think dance, you think dance. And I'm yeah. not a dancer at all in any way, shape or form. And I just never dreamed that I could be a dancer one day. And so, yeah, I would have been dancing at 17 instead of waiting 10 years later to be part of it. So that's how I got started as a dancer. And uh, it wasn't until years later that I decided I, uh, well, I met my ex-husband at the time and by sheer accident, um, opened up his closet and found all these lovely clothes that were sparkles and frillies and, you know, because they used wow, to really okay. cancels and everything. And I was yeah. like, what in the world? And found one that had a rhinestone of a square dancer and I was like you're a square dancer oh my gosh <laughs> so we started talking about it and uh it took a few years for him to get back into it again and he says well if you're gonna learn to dance you're gonna learn from West Tire and okay. he took me in okay. and uh, taught me to uh, learn to dance and then everything else from history from there so before we get into the calling part of it Chuck tell me about your entry into square dance well, uh, my parents started square dancing uh, in the early '60s, so I was just a I was just a little guy, and I was the the youngest. Uh, and I would go with them to square dance lessons, to square dances, and you know what it's like even today when a when little kids at square dancing, he's got like forty nine grandparents, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody spoils the kids. So I loved it. Uh, I've, I've always been musically inclined, so I like the atmosphere. I just like the, the songs. And, uh, you know, before long, I could pretty much sing along with the callers. I didn't know what I was singing. I was singing. Right, with saying, yeah. I would sing, you know, especially on the singing calls. I could just do the singing calls right along with the caller because I was just a little poly parrot, you know. Okay, yeah. uh, so that was my introduction to it as a dancer. I didn't actually take lessons until I was in my teens. Uh, so six, seven, eight years later. And um, at the time I was, I was taking lessons. It was probably 30 or 40 miles from my home, but the caller lived in Louisville as well. And he would stop by and pick me up, take me with him on the way to, to uh, lessons down in New Haven, Kentucky. And we would ride along and talk about square dancing or what have you. And, you know, we'd go through the lessons and we'd talk about square dancing on the way back. So, you know, there's another another connection that some of my roots come from there. It was uh, that was Aaron Morrison, who's a kind of a legendary caller from the Kentucky area that was that I was riding down. He's the one that taught me to uh, to dance. So uh, danced a year or two and, you know, teenager it didn't stick with it for very long, but I never really forgot and then started dancing again after my 
uh, oldest son was born when we lived in Texas and again danced for a few years and then I think our second son was born and then we were too busy and then we moved to California mm -hmm. and and then got back into square dancing probably around uh, 1999 or 2000 when my dad was looking to get back into it after my mother passed away. He was looking for something to do. So we all went and took lessons and uh, got back into it then. So never, never had any thoughts of becoming a caller at that, you know. Right. That so at some point, both of you decided to be callers because you're both square dance callers. Um, so, Christy, how long has that been going on? When did you start it? And what kind of influences some of those callers out there that might have talked to you about it? <laughs> well, my story is a little different than most um, because I really did not have a desire to be a caller at first. Mm -hmm. I uh, I did. I'm a singer. I like to sing. Uh, I never really had gotten up and done singing before, really. Um, but I was... Uh, asked to do the national anthem at the kickoff dance for the nationals in when it was in Louisville in 2010. And then um, after we did that, I was invited to do the uh, part of the show for the fashion show at, at the nationals, at the actual nationals. And um, as that was building, they had uh, asked me to do that with West Iregan. And um they kind of wanted to take a different turn with it, make a kind of a comedy show. Okay. And, you know, they had the elegance of the, of the uh, fashion show and in between there were these little comedy skits. It was really great. It was really funny. And uh, so we got together to practice these couple songs we were writing to go along with the theme. And I went and practiced with them one day and we finished practicing and, you know, practicing with Wes is hilarious, but anyway, that's another whole story. And uh, I left the, our, our 10 minute practice for two songs and on the way home, he calls me and he says, hey, and I said, what? And he goes, you ever thought about being a caller? And I said, no. And he said, well, you ought to. And I said, Wes, I've got too many hobbies right now. And he goes, well, quit them. <laughs> and you see who won. Okay. Okay. We're in. And I did. I, I, I did. I, I thought about it. He talked to me about it a little bit and we talked about it a little bit and, um, he said he'd work with me and he did. Um, he had a little collar school coming up and he had a collar school with three girls, okay. <laughs> three females in it, which he'd never had before. It was a new thing for him. So he taught three women how to call there. And um, I was one of them. And uh, that's kind of where it started from. And I did. I quit all the other hobbies wow. and the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. And so it's, it's, it's been a pretty good road for you now since then. Absolutely. Like I say, because we ran into each other a few years ago, uh, probably Facebook's where it started. And then uh, I think it had to be Tennessee because I don't get much further than that usually, um, unless it's a national convention. What about you, Chuck? Uh, started calling in 2018. Okay. Uh, Wes Dyer was decided he was going to have a caller class. And uh, just like Christy, I like to sing. Mm -hmm. uh, like to dance, enjoy dancing. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'll give this a try. I'd probably be okay at this. So he was starting a class. Uh, it was almost exactly a year uh, or exactly five years ago. It was in April of 2018. Uh, so I was like, ah, give it a try. Went to the, went to the class. Uh, there were two others that uh, are both still calling uh, that were in that same class. Uh, kind of went through that process and 
picked it up pretty quickly, I think, because I had been around square dancing all my life, that it, to, to some, as much as it can, maybe came naturally uh, with the timing and, and knowing what moves fit together and right. what, what flows, you know, not that I had had perfect flow, not that I have perfect flow now, but it's probably I had, I had a little bit of an advanced start over most folks understanding that part of it. And just everybody hated him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, too, it, it, I didn't realize it was just 2018 for you uh, because yeah. I would have never suspected you've been in it for five years, going on five years. But when that's, he gets done impressive. with this, I'm going to tell you my version of the story when he gets done. Okay. With All right. Go ahead, Chuck. <laughs> well, so it was it was five years ago, but there was there's COVID. There's an asterisk in there because, you know, we were we were down for, what, 14 months. So it's yeah. really, you know, not even quite. Uh, four years now, uh, and, and suddenly it's like we were just talking about it. You know, it's seven, eight, nine dances a month between the two of us, not counting conventions and weekends. So it just sort of goes crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I love it. You know, I enjoy it. And uh, pretty much calling in Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, and then conventions. So they, it takes you to Tennessee or wherever the national might be, what have you. Okay. When, uh, when he was going through his collar school, Wes, Wes was going to try to teach me to start mentoring collars. Right. He was trying to work on the method. So I went to, I, I didn't know him from Adam at the time. And I went there to that collar class and I was sitting there next to Wes. And, and if you know Wes Iredall, you know, he has a certain way that he likes to sit. It's this kind of slops of a chair, legs stretched out, chewing on a, a toothpick arms crossed and it's just the way he always sits and he was sitting there in a chair like that and I'm sitting next to him and I'm watching Chuck move people in a square to pattern mm -hmm. and I'm thinking to myself and I'm evaluating like he's been calling him for three years I'm like wow this flow's good his, his timing is good he sounds good his chant's good and I'm thinking to myself while I'm watching the move and I, it just suddenly dawned on me he's been doing this three weeks wow and I, I just stopped and I, and I, I turned around, looked at Wes and I went, how the heck is he doing that? And Wes is like, I don't know. <laughs> and I looked for a couple more seconds and I turned around and looked and I said, I hate him. And he goes, me too. <laughs> that is a true story. Yeah, because it, it certainly is not easy from the start. And I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. Because still, I'm, I, we still all go through it. Um, you Absolutely. know, trying to figure certain things out and seeing it when it, before it sets up. So uh, that is impressive. So, you, and you said it's Wes Dyer. Mm -hmm. I, that I, I've never heard of him. Are there any? I mean, so you uh, now, Chuck? We did meet at a school, didn't we? Where did we I meet? Did, right, I think it was the Evansville. Yeah, GSI in uh, Evansville, Nashville. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, so I I knew it was just a little while back, um, and but I thought well, it had to be a school. Um, so because I certainly don't get up in that area too much to call. So. With the uh, callers with Wes Dyer, any other uh, callers that you kind of patterned yourself after, any kind of influences or anything? I've had a ton. Uh, you know, when I was coming up, you know, especially as a female, it's it's a little different. Mm -hmm. But I I was when I was learning, I had a lot of people just embrace and support. It's amazing. Uh, Mark Patterson, uh, Pam Quartz, Travis Cook, uh, the list is endless. Uh, Jack Platties. Uh, everybody, just about any caller in my area, uh, yeah. and the few outside of it, uh, Dermot Millen, 
um, I've had opportunities to be on stages with people that uh, I really feel like I didn't deserve. It was just uh, to be standing next to them is, is pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Makes you feel really good. Um, they trust me, believe in me, uh, support, and it, it makes you feel really good. Uh, builds your confidence. And I don't know, uh, uh, the information, uh, Gene Record, Mm -hmm. <laughs> information that I have uh, gotten from them, feedback I've received from them. Uh, I, I, I can't trade it for nothing. Uh, I've sat down with them, talked to them. They pushed me out in front and stood next to me on the stage and helped me when I've gotten lost, um, pushed me forward when I'm scared and giving me encouragement when I felt like going behind the curtain and throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, um, yeah, I've had a lot of people, um, a lot of callers, and I'll say specifically callers, that have uh, had my back along the way. Um, it's it's amazing the support system I've had, and the opportunities I've given. The get up there and grab your mic, get up there and go for it. Um, I, I will say, in, at this point in life, and all the things that I've done and things like that, and experience the the caller community as a whole could not be more supportive. Um, I can't imagine another group of people. If you walk, if you try and equate it to athletics, if, if I walked into a room full of people trying to make a professional baseball team, there'd be a couple that would help you out and give you a couple tips. But there's some that's going to be like, that guy's taking my job. I, I got nothing to do with him. Um, and, I, and I've never seen that, you know, on, on a mass when I go to conventions or schools or I mean schools they're going to help you but if you go to a convention you see somebody you've never seen except on YouTube or something and you're like hey man can you I heard you do something you almost have to say all right that's enough I, I was just kind of wondering about that call because they will just keep talking and giving you tips and hey hey man here's my phone number call me if you have any questions so couldn't be more supportive Chuck any influences for you well, I, you know, it started a long time ago with those, you know, in the early days when I was just a kid. So uh, Bill Claywell was a, was a caller from Kentucky. He was a, he recorded a number of songs and had some gold records or whatever they had back then. You know, there was a point mm -hmm. when you could really sell a lot of square dance records because yes. they were actual records and there were lots of callers and you know a lot of people dancing. So we had a little internet issue, but when we were left off, Chuck, you were telling us about your influences. Talk about that. Right. Yeah. Early, early on, uh, you know, being six, seven, eight, nine years old, impressionable. I think it's, uh, I think it's a lot like, you know, you have those early music impressions is like who, you know, who influenced, who influenced your music? You know, was it the, the Beatles or was it Elvis or Jim Croce or whatever? With Square Dance Calling, it was that way with me, Bill Claywell was who I, you know, grew up listening to with my parents for a long time. Uh, and then more recently, in terms of uh, teaching me and giving me opportunities, uh, Joe Porritt, um, who is uh, now in the process of, of retiring, uh, he's the one that, you know, stuck a microphone in my hand and gave me a hunk of vinyl and said, here, go home and practice this and come back when you're ready. And like a week later, I was there calling Fast Train to Georgia or something like that. And he was like, man, you ought to give this a try. So that's when I, you know, it influenced me to, to start to West Dyer School. Okay. And then, of course, West Dyer through the, that schooling process, the mentoring process, and then the continuing education, you know, Christy being my mentor, 
uh, and Travis Cook, who is you know a bit of a mentor, but then teaching uh, teaching me to dance and call advance at the same time, which is a fun challenge. <laughs> sure, especially for Travis. <laughs> so you, you've got a, both a few years for sure, um, Christy, some more, but um, and I get this answer, but I have to ask. For both of you, memory, sight, module, how do you get through a dance typically? Yeah, I used to think I was strictly sight, but I've come to learn that it's, um, I, I'm all of it really in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, I think all of us really are. Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say, I would say sight predominant, but, you know, we all use modules. We all use memory we all use all of it in some way shape or form but yeah same so, for me I'm, uh it mainly sight i'm most comfortable when i'm just sight calling uh, I, I start to get a little bit nervous if i've got a module that i'm trying to insert or remember if it's something specific right uh, not just a group of moves to, to move people around that flows well and then when you're at the end of it you can you can cite a resolve exactly. I mean, if it's a module that's a, that's a stir or that's got a really cool ending, you know, do yeah. this in your home, surprise ending in your home, you know, but leaving out that right and left through and, you know, they're crossed or something like that. So that I start to get nervous a little bit when I when I do that. So you know, I'm more comfortable when I'm psyched. OK. I'm going to ask you about some funny stories, but I have to say this first. I just saw a video not long ago on Facebook of the two of you and Travis and y'all were doing all about that base and uh, outstanding for anybody who watches, listens to this podcast. If you go out and you search, whether it be Chuck, Christy, Travis, you got to watch all about that base. It was fantastic. Christy, you were phenomenal in the, the, the vocals on it. I thought about doing it once, but I was like, Nope, never going to do that one. So uh, very That's good. That's how they all felt too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, Outside, of that, that wasn't a funny story. That was an enjoyable tip to watch. Um, give me something that's happened to y'all along the way in your call and that uh, kind of sticks out as something you like to tell people. Funny stories, whatever. A funny story calling. I think my favorite would be... <laughs> um, so um, there's a particular club that I called for. And... Um, it was it was down in uh, kind of southern Kentucky area, and uh, they had taken us to. Uh, they were having a little trouble finding halls. This kind of post COVID area, and one of the places they took us to, and I, we we just referred to it as the honky tonk because that's what okay. it reminds me of. And it's an old um, uh, dark bar, pretty much. Okay. Uh, and we were there in the daytime, so it was it was a daytime dance in the afternoon. But once you close the doors of the place, I mean, it was pitch black in there. I mean, it was very, very dark. Um, and it was, it was so, it was like walking back into the eighties when you walked into this place. Oh, nice. There was like ashtrays on the tables and, you know, the wood tables and, uh, they had done a really good job inside of it of kind of customizing. They rebuilt the bathrooms and everything was really neat. You could tell they had a live band there. It's a happening place at nighttime for that area. Nice. I guarantee okay. you it's a party in place, but it was for square dancing. It was a little tough. They had a great dance floor. But, uh, you know, where, I'm st where I was standing, um, it was very dark. So it was very hard to see the dancers. Yeah. And I had two squares. 
And um, so I had one, one square was actually, uh, uh, Travis was there with some, his, uh, his father and, and his uh, stepmother, she wasn't a stepmother at the time, I don't think yet. No, no. Uh, but they were there and they were dancing with us and some other people with them and, uh, uh, and Dorothy, of course. And uh, then the other square was there and they had to leave because they were on their way to a dance and they stopped by for a little while and danced for like a half the dance. And then they left. So I just had one square and I was like, okay, well, you know, so um, <laughs> the, uh, there was a man, um, elderly man, way up in years that had, was kind of walking around very slow. And I was a little nervous about him just because he was just kind of wandering around on his own. And uh, I was like, okay. And <laughs> at one point, so one of the things that West Dyer taught me was always be prepared for distractions. And I can't tell you how invaluable that's been from uh, from somebody come up and talking right beside my ear to um, the Michael Solomon Pavilion with a thunderstorm coming in and rain going up my skirt with curtains blowing in front of me and continuing to walk patter, you know, uh, to me and other distractions that have happened while I was calling. Um, and this was this would definitely be one of them because uh, if you ever heard Wesley Fenton's box story with him throwing a box at you, he did the same things with me. He knocked chairs over and stuff like that while I was calling to teach me to stay a little out of weather. It was distractions. And <laughs> this this gentleman, uh, <laughs> while I was calling and I'm on the floor, literally walked past me like no further than I am from the screen on the computer, looked right in my face while I'm in the middle of my patter and says, you're doing a great job. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> and then a couple minutes later, you know, I'm continuing on and he walks past me again and looks at me and smiles and it's like right between me and the dancers. I'm like, oh, hey, thank you, sir. But the, the kicker to this later on was, was as we were leaving the dance after everybody, everybody left. Uh, he, we stopped uh, walking out the door. Sorry, Chuck. Mm. <laughs> We're walking out the door, and he's telling us um, about. Which turns out he's the owner of the place. Okay. He's that's why he's kind of wandering around because he's it's his, his place. And he was telling us uh, that he was in the uh, Korean War. So he proceeds to tell us about his days in the Korean War, which thank him for his service. It's amazing. Um, and then he said something along the lines of. What did they say to you? Uh, something about us, us old guys. Us old guys have to, do, have to be careful or something. I don't know. And I was like, oh, that's nice, Chuck. I was like, thanks. <laughs> like I fought in the Korean War or something. So, yeah, we had a, we had a good laugh. Uh, the lady who had set up the dance, I think she knew him well enough. She'd come in. She's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> she helped us out the door. So. Yeah, we were trying to get away. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. He followed us out and continued to talk to us. Somebody got in the car. But, yeah, oh, treasure people like that. I mean, they're just, they're, yeah, they can that's, that's, a, that's a really good story. That's a good one. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I would have told him. I would have been like, you know what the hardest part of square dance calling is? It's the timing. And uh, like your timing, <laughs> walking up and just talking in my face, uh, you know. And that is, it is distracting. Like if, if I'm on a stage that's, if I'm not raised up, if a lot of places I go, I'm just on the floor. And obviously for people who know me, I am not going to be the tallest person in the room when I go to a dance. And so I'm keying on if I have one, three, five squares, the folks that are right in front of me is pretty much where I'm going to be locked in, you know. And uh, somebody will walk right in front of me. I'm like, what are you doing? 
And because, you know, I'm, I'm focused on, I got to get her, her, she's coming this way. And then all of a sudden a dude walks by me. I'm like, what? Can you not go around the back? Um, so anything for you, Chuck? Charlie, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like if, if my number one couple is over five foot six i won't see the rest of y'all so just know that i'm going to be watching for them so what about you chuck anything oh yeah yeah i've been calling maybe six seven months uh <laughs> you know so six seven months out of the out of west's caller school i did go to the gsi caller school in kansas city the june we, we finished up in june went to the caller school at, in kansas city in june and I guess I had called a dance or two, maybe, uh, mm -hmm. you know, started booking a few things here and there. Some folks heard me in Kansas City and booked me to call a dance in Lexington, but it hadn't happened yet. So it was on the on the calendar. But um, a friend of ours that that went through the school with me, he'd been calling the same amount of time as me. He was new to square dancing. He was new caller, uh, Wes Fenton. He's our bass guy and all about that bass. He was on right. stage. So he was the one that's just, you know, he's like a machine. He's like a bass machine, man. He's boom, 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 boom. Uh, he had booked a, a dance up in his area in central Ohio, Greenville, Ohio, because uh, he dresses in black all the time. And he's a big Johnny Cash fan. And he's got that deep voice. And he they had created a dance for him at his home club. And it was going to be the all black dance. He was going to do all Johnny Cash music. Okay. So they they planned this late in the year of 2018. Well, he had a massive heart attack, uh, mm -hmm. December 23rd of 2018. He had the Widowmaker heart attack, but he's such a tough guy that he's like, Tack. he just shook it off. Okay, he, he shook it off. It took a little while. Yeah, uh, like he was in the hospital for 40 days or something like that. But he shook it off. And but they never they didn't cancel the dance. So in January or February, the dance was in February. Uh, he called me and said, hey, could you fill in for this all black dance for me up here in Greenville, Ohio? I was like, sure, I'd love to. So uh, went up there and got there and was all excited about it. And then people started rolling in. And I realized that when they said it was an all black dance, that everybody was going to dress in black. I Imagine mean, that. everybody. <laughs> so I knew two people there, Wes oh. and his wife. That is a, I, I know where you're going dancing. with this. That's a rough there. They were not even dancing yet, right? So I'm uh, now I'm starting to panic. I'm like, I don't even know how to, you know, I don't know what to do here. Well, I got lucky and two, this couple comes in and they're wearing navy blue. I guess they didn't own any black. I don't know. Navy blue as close as they could get. I'm like, oh, you're my heroes. You know, I said a, said a prayer to the square dancing gods. And yeah, sure yeah. enough, they got in the front. There were like eight squares there, you know, two about two wide, four deep. They got one of the front squares. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And so I start calling, you know, I'm five seconds in, head square through, and, and the guy pulls by with the right and turns left. And I and I was like, well, there we go. Well, there went the navy blue couple. I'm lost. <laughs> oh, God, that's, I can't imagine. Uh, we've got a couple clubs down here that they will, they all dress alike, um, the whole, a whole square. And although I know them by face, when I'm just calling, I'm looking for typically colors, shirts, pants, skirts, whatever. And uh, no, that, that's horrifying, especially if you don't know anybody. I was talking to somebody not long ago and I said, like, at a national convention or, or a state convention, if it's not my state and I don't know many people, it's really just memory. And I go, you know, I'm immediately square through four. I've got the corner and we just stay in there and move around because to try and match up people, especially and I. 
I was telling Sean Butler, I said, you know, I'll go in and I'll write red shirt, red shirt, and then the corner color. And then I realized that halfway through my tip or my patter, there's a third red shirt in there. And I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? So, okay. I've had a, uh, a, there's a club that's a, kind of a singles club. They mix up a little bit and that I call for a lot in Cincinnati. And uh, <clears throat> I had a tip where I had had my primary and my secondary picked out and everything, and I was fine with it. And I'm grooving along, and I'm getting ready. I get ready to resolve, and I, I pair up my my primary, and then I'm like going, wait a minute, that's not right. And I realized that, because I hadn't paid attention to the other half of the square at all, that the there's a... I think it was my my primary man, his wife mm -hmm. apparently was dancing on the other side of the square and she's dressed just like him, but they weren't dancing together. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so when they, when they do that kind of stuff, it kind of makes things a little tricky. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got a few couples that like to, that can dance both parts and halfway through a tip of pattern, they'll just swap and they'll start to end. And, it, and I'm, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And then I realize what they've done. So, yeah, dancers can be just as fun as callers sometimes when it comes to messing with you. Um, I try and mess with dancers sometimes, but they will turn it around on you in a second. So, and we talked about all about that bass. Well, Christy, what's your favorite singing call? If you came to my club and I said, do a tip, what are you going to pull out? Currently right now is probably all that jazz. Okay. That's, that's my big one right now that I'm having a lot of fun. I, I like singing that one. It's fun. It's okay. just, uh, it's got a big, big, powerful note at the end. And it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. I like singing it back. Um, I like to turn down the music in the middle of them, the tags, and hear them sing it back. It's, it's pretty cool. Okay. It's, uh, Chuck, it's pretty what about cool. you, buddy? Uh, you know, it's, it, it kind of changes. It, it's, yeah, it, it continues to change, but. Uh, yeah, I think right now there's a couple of them that that are my favorites, and one of them is actually the the uh, 72nd National song, "Honeysuckle Heaven." I love calling okay. that song that that uh, Scott Bennett created for the 72nd mm -hmm. National. We've actually done a couple of different parodies to that song. Okay, uh, we're not not to make fun of anyone, just changed it because you know it's about the Nationals. Mm -hmm. And I liked it so much. I was like, what am I going to do with this once the Nationals are over and I can't sing about the Nationals anymore? I need, I want to keep singing this song. So we've changed some words and we've got, we've got one for Indiana now, the Hoosier Heaven or whatever, whatever it's called. We called it last night. Sunnyside. 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 Uh, so that's one. The other one is Big Boss Man, uh, Way Driver, uh, Way Driver tune. Uh, I don't think really, I've heard that. Okay. Really, really cool song. I heard, uh, I think first time I heard it called, Ronnie Langley did it at Tennessee. And I was like, man, I got to get that record. And How have I not heard that song if Ronnie Langley's done it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I talk I talk and see Ronnie a lot. Big <laughs> boss, man. Okay, I got that. I'll go check that out. Yeah, check that out. Uh, so y'all are not at home right now. You're in a hotel room. Tell me about what you got going on What in the recent past and the future dance-wise, what are y'all doing? We were at, uh, we were in uh, Quaker Town Shakers in Plainfield last night, and then tonight I'm up at uh, um, Westerville. Yeah, Westerville Promenaders uh, tonight, and this is a little north of Columbus. And then tomorrow we're going back to Indiana to the New Dancers Roundup. Okay. So we got a busy weekend back and forth. So. Very nice. So y'all travel a pretty good bit, Colin? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. Put a, put a lot of miles on the uh, on the cars. Sure. So we were zigzagging, you know, from Central Ohio, Central Indiana, Central Ohio, back and forth a couple of times this weekend. Okay. Last weekend we had uh, we had our first weekend event. It was down mm-hmm. at Lake Cumberland, which is in the south part of Kentucky. Uh, it was really cool. We did it with Travis Cook and with Wesley Fenton. Uh, it was called Swing Through Spring, and we had a lot of fun down there. We had about 10 squares, uh, mm-hmm. which was huge for the first year, you know, trying to do anything like that for us. Mm-hmm. So we were really excited about that. And uh, I, a lot of neat things happened down there. Uh, we even had like a one young, good looking couple that got engaged right on the dance floor. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Very nice. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, did that, I did that during a singing call. I, um, Marry You is the singing call. It's, mm-hmm. on, it's on Blue Star label. And I had done it. I'd been doing it five or six months. To I sort of, did a duet with him. Yeah. <laughs> to sort of numb her to the, because if I just popped it out brand new and started singing right. the song Marry You, she's going to be like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. So I had to kind of numb the, okay, you know, numb her to nice. the effects of it. Nice, nice yeah. setup. Very good. Yeah. Talk about, you know, talk about uh, distractions. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think about that Wes taught us, you know, call through distractions. It amazes me that he got through patter before being able to do that. Yeah, yeah sure. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> that is very good. That's a great story. And you, you talked about it on my podcast. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is very nice. Uh, well, the distraction has me now. I forget what I was going <laughs> to ask you. Um, oh, so we, before we started recording, you, you told me y'all were doing a weekend and it was y'all's first weekend. So tell me about that. So I guess it's going to be coming up next year about this time. Tell me about the weekend y'all are talking. Well, the cool thing about that, uh, this was um, this was originally um, going to be uh, started out West and uh, West Oregon and Mark Patterson had mm-hmm. decided to start this weekend that is at the uh, Lake Cumberland State Resort Park at Lure Lodge. Apparently there's two of them we found out. Yeah. Somebody was trying to get there that weekend. And um, they had, were planning to do it, but COVID hit. Okay. And then uh, when they were going to start it up again, when they were able to do it again, unfortunately, uh, Mark Mark decided to retire and then Wes passed away the year, the month afterward, after that. Okay. So they both, you know, we just, we just went to bed, you know. And so Wesley Fenton decided that he wanted to um, carry this forward, go ahead and do it because thought it was a good idea. Okay. And they thought it was a good idea, apparently. So he contacted um, uh, uh, Beth, who was Wes's uh, uh, girlfriend, and uh, and Mark, and said, hey, do you mind if we go forward with this? And they were yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. So he did all the legwork, got it all started, contacted them, and said, hey, let's let's do this weekend. And contacted the three of us, Travis and Chuck and me, and said, let's do this weekend. And we're like, okay. hey, we're in. So we we found another now found another date and set it up and we started advertising it and we started like we want to really make this fun we want to do all kinds of silly mm-hmm. stuff and be goofy and stupid like we usually are mm-hmm. and and that's what we did so um, we um, practiced some fun singing calls like all about that bass and mm-hmm. uh, some other stuff we done we've done a, um, the acapella the misbehaving. Mm-hmm. We've done acapella before, and we did it again there, uh, just some different things just to make nice. it fun. It's some silly after show, after party stuff. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just just did a lot of different things we wanted to do with it, um, just to make it fun and different. And um, 
so now we had we had a good turnout for it. We're really excited about the turnout, um, and it is coming up next year. Right now, we've got uh, five. Yeah, we got five. Somewhere between five and six already pre registered. Register for next year. Yeah. Oh, we're, okay. Yeah, we're excited about it. They're coming back. That's good news when you know when they when they sign up before they leave. Yeah, you know, no, it really is back for next year. So that's mm -hmm. always always good news. The group that group of four of I it, mean, we started out by doing misbehaving acapella for whatever reason, I don't know whose idea it was, maybe Travis's, yours, that we wanted to do that song. Well, it was kind of a conglomerate. Yeah. We wanted to do that song acapella. Right. Because, you know, it's a pentatonic song, right? So if you can't yeah. do acapella, why, you know, why bother? So how many times did we practice? So my lips were numb. Yeah. <laughs> Christy and Travis have the toughest part because they've got the repetitive mm -hmm. harmonies. Okay. Like the entire song, so <laughs> I, I'm lead vocal, so it's easy for me. It's just like okay. me calling to a record, yeah. And then, and then Wesley's just doing that constant bass, boom, boom, boom. you know, he's just got that the machine. Bass. Yeah, the I machine. think he's earning the nickname the machine. But I mean, okay. we practiced, you know, Wesley, Wesley's 250 miles away from where we all Travis lives in the Louisville wow. area, so we all live close. Mm -hmm. But to, to practice, we got together five, six, seven, eight times to get that song, and we did it, uh, I guess maybe at the 2019. Kentucky festival first. Mm -hmm. It's the first time we ever performed it. And then we've done it a few times since then, but okay. you can't just jump up and do it. You have to practice it. Oh, sure. Yeah. So we've added other songs to the repertoire. And the latest one was all about that bass. And Christy has always wanted to do, that's the song she's been wanting to do for a long time. Years. And Travis has always said, no, we're not doing it. No, we're not doing it. No, we're not doing it. So we talked him into it this year. I got on board. I was like, yeah, let's get it's a fun song. And the crowd loved it. I mean, they. Yeah, no, I can see that. That was very. <laughs> um, it's different. It's different. Anytime you do anything different. It is. It like is. So. I like different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, and it's a great song. That's something that y'all should definitely put into the rotation. Um, of course, now you don't always have the four of you. But uh, it's something we did that y'all could. Uh, ourselves. But, oh, did you? Okay. I mean, it's something yeah. that y'all two could do together for sure. Yep. Yep. So, what about your social media, Christy? I know you have a website. Chuck, do you have a website? I do. You do? Okay. Yep. Well, uh, Christy, you go first. Tell me about uh, all your social media, what you do, how people can find you, and stuff. Well, um, I have a website. First of all, it's kw.dance. Mm -hmm. And I call it kw.dance because a lot of people don't know how to spell Christy. There's 300,000 ways to spell Christy. Yep. So, I just went with kw. That's safe. Um, uh, also get confused with Pam Quartz for some reason. Some, a lot of people think I'm Pam, which okay. is a tremendous compliment, but, sure. um, but so it's, it's kw.dance. Um, mm -hmm. and then I have a Facebook caller page that's just for my calling and it's, um, Christy Williams dash square dance caller, I think, um, okay. I may have to look it up. Um, and then I have a personal page and it's just, that's, uh, currently, under Christy Rutledge Williams. Okay. And you can find me at all three of those pages anytime. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, but I never use either one of those. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. How about you, Chuck? What about Chuck? Uh, yeah, webpage is uh, chuck.dance. And that'll also link you to, you know, Facebook and YouTube videos and all sorts of things like that. I'm, I'm on Facebook, but just as under Chuck Woods, I don't have a callers page. Okay. on Facebook, but uh, post a lot of videos on there from the from the weekends and from the things that we, the fun things that we do, the silly things that we do. Right. So, uh, 
um, speaking of that misbehaving, that original misbehaving yeah. video from the 19 convention is on there. Okay. It's on YouTube. Yeah, okay. there's only part of it on there, but yeah. The, the, definitely. Like, from the middle definitely right check that out. Yeah. Now, um, you're going to be in uh, Alabama for the National Convention, yeah? Yep. Alabama? Mobile. Oh, Alabama, yeah. yeah. That, that Alabama. Yeah, that Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're gonna we're gonna be there. We're gonna go oh, down yes. early. Uh, Are you gonna do GSI school or no? Not not this year. Did it okay. did it last year in Evansville? Mm -hmm. um, we there's there's a place that we like to stay down there. That Christie's got a spot in Fairhope, which is just across the bay from Mobile. Okay, uh, got a house over there that we like to stay at. So we're gonna take advantage of the week and go down early and spend Very some nice. time sitting on the water before we go uh, call. Okay. We're in, in Mobile. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, we're also going to be at Color Lab in Reno. Uh, in I, I was going to ask you about that, Color Lab. Um, yeah, the, the G, I mean, I love the GSI schools, and mainly because I get to see people that I don't get to see all year. I was just talking to uh, Ted Lazat a while back, and I said, that's my favorite part of some of the schools. Granted, I get a lot out of the schools still at this point, and you always will. Um, but getting to see these folks that are up in where, where y'all are, I rarely ever get up there to call for anything or even vacation. So uh, I use it for that. Caller Lab in Reno is going to be fantastic. Um, I've never been to Reno uh, in and of itself. So uh, looking forward to going out there. I did look at the Almanac, and I think it's going to be like 41 degrees. And I was like, come on. every time I go to the desert, it's cold. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'd like one time to just go out there and go, this is a dry heat. But um, I don't get that. So you're going to be at Color Lab. You're going to be at the National Convention. Anything else y'all want to talk about dance-wise or anything? don't think we have any, anything okay. else. Yeah, we're looking looking forward to all those. We've got lots planned between now and the end of the year. Some of, you know, some personal vacations. We're taking a, okay. we're taking a cruise. We're going to get married. And we're going to go to Tennessee Convention. Uh -huh. Tennessee uh, Convention, yeah. Yeah, that, that's now, all we're you're getting married on the cruise, or is that after the cruise? No, okay. No, no we're um, we're getting uh, we're getting married uh, getting married in June. Okay. Uh, my mother's not doing well, so we want to try to kind of okay pick her things so she can be there. Um, okay. But we're going to use the we we already had the cruise booked, so we're okay. going to use the cruise kind of as our honeymoon. So it's a little down the line. Um, unfortunately, there was a little bit of a goof up not a goof up there was a um mix up mix up the wrong word mm -hmm. uh with the uh with the um convention center where they hold the S kentucky state festival kentucky okay. state convention and um uh they got the dates messed up at the mm -hmm. convention center so they had to flip the dates on the convention and we had our cruise book there so we're going to miss mm -hmm. the state convention for kentucky because uh, okay. that's where our cruise is booked Gotcha. And it's like, ugh, I have never missed a Kentucky State Convention, so like, that hurts a little bit. <laughs> sure, okay. So, but, you know, I hope everybody goes to Kentucky State Convention because it's always a good time there in summer. Yeah, I, I, I haven't made it to that one yet. Hopefully, probably not this year because I haven't planned it, but as soon I can get up that way. Uh, I try and, I'm try and i going to try and hit all the state conventions at some point in my life if I live long enough. But I love uh, state conventions. Well, <laughs> So we'll wrap it up on that, and um, this will come out in a few weeks. So some of the dances y'all talked about will have already come and gone, but you do have the future stuff. Uh, I'll see y'all both at Caller Lab. Uh, wouldn't miss that for the world. That's good stuff.
Christy, Chuck, it has been a pleasure. Um, success on y'all's trip you're on right now, and you're calling. Y'all uh, calling tonight or yep. tomorrow? Tomorrow tonight? Okay. Tonight. Yep. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> so, for everybody listening, um, Christy Williams, Chuck Woods, uh, make sure I covered everything. Travel, calling, recordings. Okay, I'm gonna get away with that. You have recorded some songs. Tell me about that and what label it's on, Christy. Yeah, uh, I did. I recorded one uh, on Silver Eagle with uh, uh, Joe Goins. Okay. Um, I know. I know what you did last night. Okay. <laughs> that was the first one I ever did, and then um, then at um, I recorded on on Chic Records with Shauna. Okay. Um, and I did uh, 455 Rocket. Okay. And that was that's that's a great great record. It's so fun to sing that song, call that song. Uh, really, really enjoyed that. Okay. Those are my I will, I will give that a listen. Awesome. Well, I want to thank y'all both, really especially. Opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely. Sean uh, <laughs> is great. She was at a, a yes. school I was at not long ago, and uh, I love just sitting and talking to her about square dancing and outside of square dancing. She's a pleasure to be around. She is. Amazing to work with. Yeah. yeah. Again, I want to thank both of y'all for taking the time on y'all's uh, vacation calling tour. Um, uh, I appreciate it. I will see y'all at Caller Lab. Uh, this is Square Dance Callers Talking. I want to thank everybody again, Spotify, YouTube, like, follow, subscribe, all that business. Um, and uh, I will see y'all soon. Christy, Charlie, Great awesome. talking to you. Yeah, y'all have a good trip, okay? All right. Thanks. I'll see y'all soon.